This is Coach Chris Laughlin, and welcome to the Blue Wave Weightlifting Podcast. Hey guys and girls, today we are back for another Thursday Q&A, and today we are um, at HQ. Uh, finally got our office built out, soon to be a recording studio, so we're testing out the sound. So I'm sorry that the video quality is going to be a little bit lower right now, but hopefully the sound quality gets better and better. Um, but let's get right into it. Um, so a couple of good questions that we had come in. Um, one was about uh, kind of a competition mindset, so more of like the mental focus um, and uh, getting the, the headspace ready for competition. And the other one was about selecting attempts. So like what numbers should we be selecting when going into a competition? Um, let's first go over the uh, selecting attempts though, because it's a little bit simpler and it is, uh, can be a little bit more cookie cutter. Um, part of that does depend on what the goal is for that competition. Um, so we have different set goals for every competition we're going to go into, and then that's going to assist in selecting attempts. So for example, let's say we've got uh, it's somebody's very first meet they've never competed before. The goal for that meet is to go in and make lifts. We want to see a five for six, six for six day. So we're going to be selecting lifts that are very, very comfortable for them in numbers we know that they're going to hit, and we're really not going to push anything until maybe that third attempt um, so and and most likely we're even going to hit their opener probably in the warm-up area in the back and there's been times when I've had them hit their openers they're very early beginners and it's not exhausting for them because they're not um, technically at the point where they're uh, lifting at their potential then it might not even be that tiring for them to take multiple attempts so there's been times I've had them take their opener a couple times in the back before we even do it on the competition platform so when it comes to your first competition, don't get aggressive with it. You're trying to learn how to play the game. And learning how to play the game means you also need to go out there and you need to know how to make lifts. You need to get used to what it's like to warm up on a clock, uh, compete in front of people, have somebody judging your lifts, and that kind of thing. So we want to select numbers that we know you're going to hit. So that's uh, kind of how we would make a selection. Um, and that's just going to be based off of... Uh, looking and watching them we're probably not even gonna have true percentages yet so it's gonna be like all right the last few weeks you've hit this every single time we know that we're good for this and then we're gonna make really conservative jumps um that being said let's say um let's go to the other the swing to the other side let's say we have somebody and the only purpose of doing a certain competition is to qualify so if we're trying to qualify for nationals, trying to qualify for the American Open, then we're actually going to be a lot more aggressive and we're probably going to pick riskier numbers, knowing that we are trying to just hit a, a really high number and there is the potential of bombing out or not making very many lifts. Um, so we would go maybe a little bit conservative on the opener for snatch. Now, not super conservative, probably like we would go into a normal competition. And then we would try to grow that number as much as we can across the three attempts. But then usually what I'm going to do is I'm just going to put the clean and jerk that they need to qualify on the bar on their very first attempt. That way we at least get three tries at it. There have been some circumstances where athletes need to build their confidence. And so we sometimes will come in a little bit below that number that they need 
and then to open up that way they can hit a lift and know that okay i didn't bomb out and know the confidence is high and then they get two attempts of their qualifying total but if somebody isn't worried about that bombing out and that doesn't add a lot of stress and those misses don't add a lot of stress and they can kind of come back and go at it aggressively every single time then usually i'm going to be over the top aggressive on selecting numbers and we're going to be like all right this is what you snatched this is what you have to hit to qualify for nationals we're going to put it on the bar and you're going to give it three goes um a lot of times that works out and it's great sometimes people don't hit it until their third attempt when they're like everything's on the line the crowd is getting hype everybody knows what's going on and uh and that's enough to kind of get them to put everything they got into it um other times that means that uh they they don't hit what they need to and we go back to training um so that would be the other side of it now when it came to you know somebody who's been in competition and we've done some competitions and they're uh, at that mid-range excuse me and they're at that mid-range then um selection process comes a little bit during the peak phase so when we're peaking we start hitting these higher percentages and then we start kind of uh, recording and finding out what we're hitting on a regular basis which percentages we're hitting regularly um, my kind of go-to number is usually going to be like the 93-ish percent um, because I usually like that second lift to be closer to the high 90 percent range and then that third lift to be closer to the 100 or even the 100 plus range if we need to do it um, but that doesn't always mean that that's what we're going to do sometimes if we're in the peak phase and somebody is um, every time we're doing heavy singular waves and they're smoking 95% like it's nothing then I might open them up closer to 95% because that means we've probably actually increased our, our one rep max um, but on the other end if if 90% is kind of hit and miss and it's kind of all over the place then we might be a little bit more conservative and pull back on our opener and then maybe be a little bit more aggressive on the jumps that we make so a lot of it comes into just uh, measuring what kind of numbers we're hitting during the waves during the the heavy single days and during that peak phase and finding out what we're doing consistently it's a little easier on snatch because we can hit those top end numbers more often on snatch because it's not quite as exhausting as those heavy clean and jerks uh, the heavy clean and jerks we can't uh, attempt as many times during a peak phase because it does take a little bit more out of the body um so on that we do kind of base it off of a little bit less data um but that's also going to be based off of uh feel how they're looking as they come out of snatch going to clean and jerks um but usually my go-to for an opener is going to be around that 93 percent um and then we'll make small tweaks from there depending on how it's going um and then now let's go to another circumstance where let's say we have an athlete that is now competitive and they're gunning for the podium if that's the case then our selections are going to end up being based off of what the other athletes are lifting and so we need to have like this pretty good idea of this range of what our athlete can do and if we know that they're very consistent between you know 90 percent and 95 percent then that gives us this good range where if we need to open up at 90 91 percent no big deal if we need to hold off and get up to 95 percent then it's great because we might need to do that to be able to set us up for the podium um but really we don't do many adjustments to the game plan during the openers usually the openers are going to stay kind of planned out maybe within fluctuate within a couple kilos 
Um, but the, uh, it's going to be the selection for the second lift and the third lift, especially when we get to the second and third clean and jerk, because then we're really waiting to see what other people do. We want to try to make sure that, uh, if it's numbers that are reaching our potential, then we want to try to make sure that we get that number in first. That way, if somebody matches us, or at least they have to go up an extra kilo, um, or we might wait to see what they hit. So that way we can try to go up that extra kilo. So then, uh, then it just comes into selecting based on uh, how the other athletes are lifting and what they're doing. Um, and then your athlete just has to trust that you're setting them up to take the podium and know that that means it's going to change the game plan a little bit. They need to not be married to, all right, uh, I'm going to snatch uh, 130, 135, 140. Or sorry, let's say like, let's go clean and jerks because that's really where the game is going to get played there at the end. Um, so I'm going to clean and jerk, uh, 170, 175, 180. Well, if I need to go out there and the second lift needs to be 176, then that needs to not throw them off. The last lift needs to be 182 to get a medal and that needs to not throw them off. They just need to be able to go out there and take that lift and do it. Um, so the selection process is different depending on what level of athlete you're working with and, uh, what the goal for that meet is going to be. And then make your selections based off of that. And then choosing those numbers, kind of a good percentage to go off of that I like to use is 93%. Um, but will fluctuate up and down uh, depending on how the athlete looks during their peak phase or how they've been performing during that cycle. Um, some cycles numbers are going to be lower, but then we got other cycles where things are really pushing and coming together and things are looking better and we're able to push them a little bit higher. So kind of uh, monitoring your athlete during their training and uh, especially when they start getting to doing those singles and doubles and uh, and then kind of under have uh, a conversation with them on what the goal is going into the meet. Um, I spent a good amount of time on that. Let's do a little bit of competition mindset since we're already talking about competition um, uh, you know, selection processes for selection numbers. Um, so the competition mindset is it's going to fluctuate from athlete to athlete. You, I, I typically notice, though, that you have two types of athletes. You have some that need to be calmed down, and you have some that need to be hyped up. Um, and you need to know, based on uh, you know how they've competed in the past, um, seeing what happens, if they get too amped, if they get a little bit wild, then you need to be the calming voice for them, calm them down. But if they're also somebody who tends to just kind of uh, slow down and get out of it and they're like all right I've made one lift you know so I'm pretty good with that if there's something that they've got that kind of mindset then you might need to be the one that kind of hypes them back up um, something I also like to use is I like to use the rest of the team if I know that somebody brings somebody else a lot of energy and they do really well with it then I'm probably going to put them in the back room with them um, if I'm like you guys train together really well and you guys get hyped together and this person can really get you amped up and help you hit big numbers then they're going to be in the back room uh, during during the warm-up. I'm going to have them right there doing what they normally do. You know, that's going to be their role. That's the that's the beauty of the team. Um, but then, you know, some athletes, they want to be slapped as hard as they can before they go out there. Other ones need to be like, all right, you know, do what you normally do. You got this. Kind of get focused and go on in. Um, I had the tendency to want to be more mellowed out and calm and focused, uh, meditative almost. When I went into snatch, I needed to really focus on just the one or two cues that I needed and then uh, and, and really dial in the technique. And then I needed a little bit of the other for clean and jerk. 
Um, clean and jerks were heavy for me, so I needed to make sure that I could put all my effort into every single clean and jerk I did. So I wanted traps and legs to be slapped before I went out there, and I wanted to, you know, somebody to to yell at me or kind of get me amped up a little bit, and then go out there and uh, and feel a little bit more aroused going into that clean and jerk, knowing that I'm going to have to put everything into it. Not didn't feel as technical to me. Um, I just needed to make sure that I was aggressive with it. So I kind of needed to be, uh, I needed a little bit of both. And that just comes with learning your athletes. Now, as an athlete, um, there's times when you need to check your ego. And then there's times when you need to let the ego go. You need to let it, let it fly, open it up. And I would say when you're going into competition, you need to have a little bit of an ego with you. You need to know that uh, I think the ego does really well when it's a, a, a person against themselves. So you need to go out there and be like, I'm the baddest motherfucker out here and I'm going to smoke this and I'm going to do what I need to. Your confidence needs to be up. You need to go into it. So the nerves are the prior to when it comes out there to getting out there. That's when you are, you need to be tough on yourself. You need to know that you're ready to go and you need to kind of get in that mindset that you're about to, uh, you know, you're about to fight, you're about to put everything into something. And so you need to have that confidence that you can do that. And so there's a time in training when you need to be able to kind of check that ego and listen to cues, listen to your coaches, pull back on numbers and do that kind of stuff. But then there's other times when you need to turn that on. And I think that is kind of what that competition mindset is, is times of being able to turn on the competition mindset and also times of being able to turn it off and uh, turning that off is also important because you need to be able to focus on training. You need to be able to listen to what your coach is saying. You need to be able to humble yourself on maybe hitting lower percentages on certain days. Uh, you need to have some technique days. And then there's other days where you need to be like, all right, Forget all that. I'm going into everything 100%, and that's that competition mindset. Now it's me against the bar. It's me against the weight, and this is what matters, and nothing else is going on in my life, and I'm going to attack this. And, uh, and so learning to build that confidence is, is super important, and then learning how to turn it on and turn it off is super important. Um, we could go into the psychology of all of this a little bit more and a little bit in depth in, in another one, but uh, I wanted to at least hit on that, on, on understanding that there is, there is a time for training and there is a time for competition and those mindsets, it's okay to have different mindsets. You can't always train like you compete and you can't always compete like you train. Um, sometimes you need to be able to switch it change your mindset to where you're like, I'm in competition and this is different. And now I'm going to be more aggressive and it's game time. It's game time. Let's go. Um, and then there's other times where you need to be in training and you'd be like, I can slow this down. I'm in training. Um, this is the long haul. And, uh, and so just being able to differentiate those two and then learn how to go back and forth between the two, it just takes time. And you figure that out within yourself. Um, you know, if you've never been slapped on the back and the legs before going out for a lift, try it one time. You might end up liking it or you might be like, no, that totally threw me off and that was all I could focus on. And then you know that that's not what you need, you know? And so play around with different things. Ask your coach to try different things. Um, see what works, see what doesn't. That's part of it. Um, so we're going to leave it at that today. If you enjoy this podcast, please let me know. 
Um, I'm sorry about the sound quality on the last couple when we had a guest on. That is going to get better and better and better. Um, we're definitely working on that and upgrading the equipment that I'm using and kind of getting a little bit of the studio lined out so it'll sound better. Um, so stick with me. Those are going to get better. We're going to keep having more guests on. If Again, if you do like this, please share it. That always helps significantly. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can uh, subscribe right over here. And uh, let us know if you have other questions. Um, and we'll keep doing this. If, uh, if you're interested in jumping on the podcast, if you're somebody that listens that's involved in the fitness weightlifting community or just has something to offer, uh, also reach out, DM, uh, email, whatever you want. Um, I'm open to anything. All right. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon.